Father God, your wounds have indeed paid our ransom, and today we celebrate, we celebrate the fact that our sins, our sin debt was taken care of, and that God, you sent your one and only Son to do that, to take care of that sin debt that was owed by all of us, that we were all under the wrath of God because of who we are as people. Because of of everything that is inside of us, these fleshly bodies that crave the things that are against you, and God, thus we sin, and thus we are against you. But Lord, you love us so much. You care for us so deeply that you want fellowship with us, that you want to be close with us. And God, you sent your one and only Son to pay that sin debt, and Though he was crucified, he is alive. And today we celebrate that resurrection. Today we celebrate the fact that our God is not dead, but he is indeed alive. We can have fellowship with God because you are alive. You are not dead. There are other false gods in this world and they were all dead, but you are alive. And we celebrate that today. That is what separates us from every other religion in this world. God, we are Christ followers. We are Christians. We are lovers of Christ. And Lord, today we celebrate the fact that we can have communion with Christ because he is alive. That is why we are here, to celebrate the fact that Christ has risen. So today, be glorified. Be glorified, Lord, as we praise your name, as we hear from you today. God, change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. morning I'm going to say something that I say a lot in this place, and that is that today's going to be a little different. I want to tell you the Easter story, but I want to do it in such a way that, that you understand the whole picture of God's Word. You see, I believe that the Easter story does not just begin at the cross, And end at the resurrection. I believe that there's much more to the Easter story than that. And that is why we have the whole of Scripture. That is why we have, beginning in Genesis all the way to Revelation, we have this picture of God's relationship with us. And yes, we celebrate what was done on the cross. And yes, we celebrate the fact that Christ has risen. But I want to tell you the whole story this morning. I want to share that with you from my heart and and the perspective God has given me on the whole of Scripture, and we are just going to take a moment today and reflect on that and celebrate what God has done. Before time ever began, before man or anything that we know in creation, God was. And God was. He was just in perfect harmony with Himself, in complete Complete agreement with himself, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In perfect existence. There was no sin. There was no no anything negative in this world. Only good existed. And God was in perfect harmony. But you see, there's two characteristics of this God who exists in in the person of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's something unique about him. There's something that that, that makes him special, and that is this, that that he is a creative God. That he he is a God that, that loves to create. And he is also a God who loves to love. So existing, perfect as he is, in perfect harmony with himself, in the form of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, he loves, and thus he creates 
the whole world and everything we know to be in existence. He puts the stars in the heavens. He he creates the earth and he he creates the waters on the earth and and he creates the land on the earth and all the, the living creatures. And then, the perfect triune God creates his greatest creation. Man. Man. See, everything inside of God drives him to love because he is love. It's not what he does, it's, it's who he is. It's who he is, and, and thus, because he is love, he, he, he wants to love. And he created his greatest creation, man, to share that love with. And if you look at the whole of Scripture, if you look at every single thing that is in, from the very beginning, the very first page, all the way to the very end, you see the love of God. That's what you see in the whole of Scripture. You see God wanting to have fellowship with man. And and he created this perfect garden. He he created it in such a way that man would never have to do anything. He would never have to suffer. He'd never have to endure death. He'd never have to endure any kind of hardship. That everything that man needed would be provided for him there in the garden. If he would just trust God and depend on God for everything. So he created the, the perfect garden. And he would have fellowship with man every single day and even walk with man in the cool of the day and have sweet fellowship. But he also gave man the ability to choose. He also gave man free will because you can't have love without free will. You you, you can't have a relationship with somebody without them being able to choose to have a relationship with you. So he gives man free will, and thus man chooses, instead of having fellowship with God and having communion with God and walking with God in the cool of the day, man decides that I am going to be God instead. And man has an encounter, and man is tempted that if you, if you will eat of this tree of knowledge, You can be God. You can know the things of God. You can know what God is holding back from you. And thus, man sins. And sin enters the world. And when sin enters the world, devastation comes. Devastation strikes all of humanity when sin enters the world. Because man has chosen, instead of following God and having sweet fellowship with God and depending on God for everything, that man is going to do it himself. That that, that I, I can understand the things of God. God's holding back from me. And thus, man sins and death enters the world. Shame enters the world. Disease, strife. It all enters the world. God gave man the opportunity and man chose another way. Instead of choosing God, he chose another way. And thus, man struggles as a result. You see, one of the things about this loving relationship with the Father is that if you love somebody, that you will discipline them. That you will show them what they truly need in order to be able to experience the goodness that you have to offer them. 
And that's the way God is. He's, he gives us direction. He gives us these patterns of life to follow so that we can trust him. He says, this is the right way. And as much as you want to rebel against the right way, I have given you the pattern for your life so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. But man chose sin instead. And thus God wants to continue to show man that his way is the right way. And thus he disciplines man. And what you see throughout much of the, New, the Old Testament is you see this. You see man struggling. You see man struggling. God sets up a system for man to have sweet communion with, with God, to have this loving relationship with God. And he says, you do it this way. Offer these sacrifices. And it's for the purposes of you connecting with me, for you being close to me. But man continues to rebel against God. Man continues to say, I will do these things that God has set up for me, for me to have communion and fellowship and a loving relationship with God, but I want to do my own things too, and I will try to do both. I will try to do both. And this man continues to try to do both, to just check the box of these religious duties and continue to sin against God and the, the desires of the heart take over. God has to di discipline the ones he loves. And their lives are, are, are stricken with disease. There are battles waged, wars waged. There, 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 there's struggles within the people of God. You see, God had made this, this covenant with a man named Abraham to say that, that through you, through you, the Messiah will come. That there is hope for all of humanity through you and through your lineage and through your family. And God chose to bless the people of Israel and take care of them. But what you see in their lives is this continual struggle. As we look through the, the Old Testament, we see these people that continue to struggle because they continue to rebel against God. Even though God had given them a way for them to offer sacrifices to Him in order for them to have communion with God. And these chosen people, people wage war against them from time to time because they say that they're the chosen people of God. They, cho they, say, they say that they're the ones that, that God has chosen to redeem the world through. People don't like that. So God continues to discipline them, show them that he is still God. You see the prophets start to talk to the, these chosen people. and They start to tell them that one day there is going to be a Messiah that is going to set you free. There is one that is going to come through your lineage that is going to set you free from this sin once and for all. You see, they've been cast out of their homeland. They've been put into captivity. Over and over again as they continue to rebel against God. And God is trying to drag them back to him for a relationship with them. And they continue to rebel. And then the prophets begin to start talking about this Messiah that is going to come. This hope that exists that will come through the lineage of Abraham. That will come through these very people that will make everything right again. 
And from the, their limited perspective, all they can see is being set free from their captivity. All they can see over and over again is them just being released from the bondage that they're held, that they think that the bondage is caused by their enemies, when the bondage is caused by themselves and their rebellion against God, the sin that has entered the world that is destroying them. And now, the prophets begin to speak of this Messiah that will come, that will one day take all the punishment that we all deserve, that, that will one day set everything right again. Because we have a loving Father that wants a relationship with us, that wants us to depend on Him for everything. As time goes on, God continues to reveal Himself to the people of Israel, continues to show that He is the one true God. The prophets continue to speak and, and to reassure and to give hope and to, to instill in them this understanding that one day it will be made right. And then God, in His loving, creative nature that He's in, He comes to the earth. The Son comes to the earth in the form of a man. This God-man is born of a virgin. The Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit moves on Mary, and, and Mary is, has, is with child as a result. This Messiah that had been promised, this hope that had been promised, has finally come. That the God-man is, is, is arriving on the earth. That, that, that people were coming from, from everywhere around to see the fact that God's promise is being fulfilled. Some of them were Israelites. Some, some of them were people uh, that, that, that were from the chosen people, and they understood that the Messiah had come. But some of them were people that were pagans, people that weren't Israelites, and they still knew to come and worship the king of the Jews. The fact that the Messiah, the promised one, the hope that was to exist for all of humanity, had now come to the earth, and this God-man was being born in isolation, where there was no room for him. Man had made no room for the Messiah. But God, in his love for every single one of us, he came and was born and walked this earth. Now, as this God-man walked the earth, he did what God always does. He disciplines his people. But this God-man, he does it in a unique way. He speaks with the authority of God and tells the, the, the people that encounter him that there's hope. That there's an option for them. That there's a way for them. That this, this free will that has been given to them, they have a choice to be able to choose God and choose God's ways. But they had been mixed up about what God's way really was. That God's desire for them and for their life was one to be one of love. That they had twisted the rules in such a way that they thought that it was about something else. And God just said, what I want from you so desperately is the same thing that I, I created you to be. And I want you to be a picture of love. And he would tell them that you have enemies. 
You have people that are against you. You have people that wage war against you every single day. You battle with them. You feel animosity toward them. Your heart is full full of bitterness. And this God man looks at all the people that feel that way and he says, this is what you're to do. If you're to be my original creation and you want to live in the promise and the hope that I have given you, you are to love them. The people that hate you and the people that you hate right now, you are to love them. And he gives them a different picture of sin because they always thought that that sin was the outward appearance of what they did. That if they committed murder, that that was the the picture of sin. And and this God-man comes and he teaches a different lesson. And he says this. He says, it's all about the heart. It's, It's all about what goes on inside your heart. That murder is just the outward expression of what's going on in your heart. What is actually happening is murder is going on in your heart because you have the same bitterness and wrath against another human being. And that means that you just might have as well committed murder because that is what is in your heart. For these chosen people of God, they always thought it was the outward expression and what they did. But God comes to the earth in the form of Jesus Christ and he says these words. It's not about what you did. It's about who you are. So ask yourself who you are. Examine yourself. Look at yourself. Look at how you see the kingdom of heaven. Do you treasure the kingdom of heaven? Is it something that you long for? Is it something you have a deep desire for? kingdom of heaven is nothing more than, once again, that sweet fellowship with God. That connection with God, that loving relationship that God so desperately wants with us. Do you have that for God? Do you want that connection with God? He says, look at the things that you treasure in your life. Look at what you consider to be riches. Are you willing to give it all away in order to be able to fully pursue the kingdom of God? Are you willing to give away every single thing that you've got in order that you might be able to to cast it all away in order to be able to pursue a treasure that you found hidden in a field? That you're willing to sell everything that you've got in order to be able to pursue that treasure? Is that the picture of your life? Are you willing to give up everything in order to be able to have that connection with God that God so desires to have with you? If you are, then give it away. Leave it behind you. Cast it aside in your heart. Look inside yourself. What's there? As this God man is teaching, he has close friends of his that travel around with him to learn what he's teaching. These men would eventually go on to carry the message of this God-man. It's the same message that you and I hear about today. They listen. They listen intently and they experience closeness with this God-man. They see the fact that he is proving That he has authority to teach the things that he's teaching because he is able to do supernatural things that nobody else can do. 
He's able to take lame people and make them able to walk. He's able to take unclean lepers and make them clean. You see, when this God-man touches an unclean person, you know, normal people, they just become unclean. But this God-man, when he touches an unclean person, they become clean. And their uncleanliness does not come back to him. He makes blind people able to see. He takes people that are demon-possessed, lays his hands on them, speaks to them, and all of a sudden they become sane, and they become Christ followers, and they become people that want to be closely connected with God and go wherever God is, that's where they want to be. But, but, God gives us a choice, right? As to whether or not we have a connection with Him. There's a group of religious leaders that don't like the things that Jesus is teaching. They don't like the things that Jesus is saying. Because it's contrary to what they always thought. And if what Jesus is saying, if what this God-man is actually saying is true then that means that they're condemned and they're going to die apart from a relationship with God. And, and, and they, they can't seem to accept that. No matter how many miracles Jesus performs, no matter how many things he does to show that he is God, when he teaches, they say, this cannot be God. This must be something else. This must be the same serpent that tempted man in the beginning. That must be where he's getting his power. That's the only explanation for him to be able to perform these supernatural things because you cannot be God and you cannot be man at the same time. And they had the picture of what the prophets had been saying, but they ignored it and they would not accept it because of the bitterness and callousness of their own hearts that they refused to see that he was God. So they were angry with him. This God-man named Jesus, they were terribly angry with him. That there was no way that he could be right and they'd be wrong. There's no way that this, this could actually be the very Son of God. And no matter how many things he did to prove the fact that he was the Son of God, they refused to accept it. So they made a deal with one of the followers of the Son of God. They made a deal with one of them. Tell us where he is. Show us. Show us where the Son of Man is. As Jesus is having a last meal with those that he loved, as he's having his, his final connecting moment with those that he loves, as God is in sweet communion with those that, that are understanding of who God is and the fact that he exists as a man in the person of Jesus Christ, right in the midst of that, Jesus sees into the heart of the one that's going to betray him. And he sees what's going to happen. And he looks into the eyes and into the heart of one of his followers and said, whatever you're going to do, do it quickly. A rebellion of man against God once again. And it looks like what's going to happen is that there's going to be the destruction of this God-man. That, that he is going to lose. That he is no longer going to have the ability and the strength 
to reconcile God's people to God. That, that he's, he's going to be able to lose that ability to do that because he's going to lose his own life. So this God-man is falsely accused. He, he, he's accused of the only thing that he can be accused of and tell the truth and still be condemned to die for. And that is that he is the son of God. That he is the son of God. And when the, the priests hear this, they immediately want him killed. Because they did not want anybody having authority over them. And for, for this man to say that he was the way and the truth and the life, they wanted him to die. They wanted him to die. So they consort with one of his followers. And what happens? Jesus, looking at the condition of this world, sees what has to happen. From the very beginning of his life, the whole picture of his life was one that he was to die. And he was to die a criminal's death, the worst kind of death. He was going to have to endure a Roman cross. He was going to have to pay the penalty for all of our sin through a cross. Through a flogging that would rip the flesh off of his bones. That he would be laid over a stump and tied down. So they could beat him with a whip that was full of bones and metal fragments and glass that would just rip the flesh from his body. That a crown of thorns would be placed on his head. That they would press those crown of thorns into his head to make him bleed. That, 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 that Jesus would have his beard plucked from his face. That people would mock him and spit on him. And cry out that he should be dead, that he should be the one that's crucified. God, wanting nothing more than to have a connection with his very own creation, now has to die for that creation because of their rebellion against God and their rebellion against that relationship with God. There's no other way. There's no other way. The wrath of God, because he is God, because he is fully just, the wrath has to be satisfied somehow. There has to be a punishment for the sin, a punishment for the rebellion against God. There has to be some way that this can be settled. So his son is condemned to die as a result. The flogging, the beating that Jesus takes is so severe that you can barely recognize him as a man. That you can barely tell that this is a human being that is walking around the earth as a result of this severe beating that he has taken. And the followers of Jesus, their hearts are breaking. Some of them had turned their backs on him and said, I don't even know him. I don't want to have to endure what he's enduring, so I don't even know who he is. All while he's dying. While he's in the process of dying. They put a cross on his back. And he's put up on a hill, 
stripped completely naked. He's, he's nailed to that cross. Experiencing the full shame and full guilt, the full sin, the full wrath of God. He's experiencing all of that while nailed to a cross. His arms are stretched wide so he can barely breathe. Every time he wants to breathe, he has to push himself up with his feet. The cross is literally suffocating God as he hangs on the cross for every one of us. Blood pouring down his face as the crown of thorns is pressed into his head and the beard plucked from his face. People having spit on him. He's so thirsty. His, his human flesh is crying out for something to quench his thirst. Instead of water, he gets sour wine that he can't even stand to put in his mouth. And for the first time in, in all of humanity, the first time in, in all of time, in the existence that we know it to be, the Son of God cries out to God the Father and asks, Why have you forsaken me? God, in complete agreement with himself for all of eternity, Ask himself this question. Why have you turned your back on me? Why do we not have that connection that we once had? Why, do we, why are we not in perfect agreement right now? And the answer to that is this. Son, I have to do it for all of them. For our original creation to be able to have that connection with me. You have to suffer this. Jesus looks at two sinners. Before he finally takes his last breath, he looks at two sinners and he, they have, they're given the choice. They can either choose God now or not choose God. And one of them chooses to ignore God and the fact that he is God. And the other says, will you remember me when your kingdom comes? The God-man, the very Son of God, looks into the eyes and the heart of a sinner and says, Today, you will have sweet communion. You will have sweet fellowship with me in paradise today. Jesus hangs on the cross as he's enduring the wrath of all of our sin. He looks up at his father and asks his father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he breathes his last breath and says, it is finished. And darkness covers the earth. The earth is groaning. The earth is in misery because the original creator of the earth has just died. The earth begins to shake and rumble. The earth is in agony over the fact that Jesus had just died. As an indication 
of who he was and the fact that he was God and even the earth responded to the fact that he was God. But it had to be done this way for all of us. There was no other way. So, he gets put into a borrowed tomb. Once again, man has made no room for the Son of God. He gets put into a borrowed tomb. And this God-man does what he always promises he would do. He comes back from the grave. He he opens the door to the tomb. And there's light. Beautiful light. The tomb is open. As God is, is now in the form of this man, that God has now raised himself from the dead, that the very power to be able to create man is the very power that exists within Jesus to be able to raise himself from the dead. And he makes that evident by the fact that today... He is risen today. He, he, is, he has taken everything that, that we know to be in existence. He has cast it aside. He says, because I am God, I am now alive. Because he had to prove to all of us that if we're going to have a relationship with him, that he is not dead. He had to show all of us that, that if we are to have sweet communion with God once again, that he is a living God and not a dead God. And he sends some of his followers His followers come to this tomb to try to anoint his body, to try to take care of him because they loved him so much. And these women go to the tomb and they find that it's empty. And they're devastated. What could have happened to his body? What could have happened to him? Not seeing how Jesus had told them time and time again that he would be raised on the third day. They go and get other other followers and they, they bring them to the tomb and say, look, we don't see him. We don't know where he has gone. They don't know where they they put him. And then, this God-man shows himself to the people that love him. He shows himself to his followers. And he tells them, this is God's love for you. This was God's plan. You see, I had to endure all that I had to endure so that, so that I could have a connection with you. He told them that it was actually better that he die so that, so that he could send the comforter that would come. So that he could now not just live beside them, but live inside them. He said, this was the plan all along. This is the plan that I've been telling you about. For the whole purpose of reconciling you to God so that God could be in a relationship with you. He says, but this is your responsibility now. What you have to do now, you have to believe. You have to believe. You have to believe that what I've told you is true, that I am the Son of God. And if you believe these things, you can have a resurrected life just like me. He says, but the words are cheap that come out of your mouth. You've got to believe it in your heart. You've got to believe it in your heart. Because it's always been about what's in your heart. 
And we go on to read God's word. And we see how the followers of Jesus now set up this thing called the church. They set up churches around so that people can understand more about the things that that Jesus had taught. That they could believe in Jesus. That they could believe in his resurrection. That they too could have fellowship with God. And God gives them a choice. You can either believe this or not, but this is the truth. And here we are today in the church age. God giving us the choice. You can either believe this to be truth or not. You can either follow me or not. You can either examine your heart or not. You can either repent of your sins or not. But it all happens through Jesus Christ. It all happens through Jesus Christ. And the end of the story goes something like this. That one day this God-man will return. One day he's coming back. For the purposes of making everything right. To completely abolish sin and evil and destruction for once and for all. For what purpose? So that God can come down, create a new heaven and a new earth. For what purpose? To have sweet fellowship with man that God will dwell with man again. That's what it says. That's what it says. That God did all of these things. That he orchestrated all of this for all of existence. Everything that we know. For the purposes of being able to to love those who he created. For that purpose and that purpose alone. We try to make God's word about something else all the time. And God continues to show us through his word that it's all about your heart. And it's all about me wanting a relationship with you. That's what Easter is all about. That's what Resurrection Day is all about. God wanting a relationship with you. God wanting a connection with you. And you, ha- you giving up everything that you've got in order to be able to have that connection with him because it is the most important thing. It's all that you care about. Do you see? Do you see that it's always been about love? Do you see that from the very beginning it has always been about his love for you? Even, even when man sinned against God, even when the very first sin happened and and. There was this decision to try, to try to gain the knowledge that God had. Even then, God said this. He said, you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. Talking to the enemy, he will crush your head. And that is to say that a Messiah one day will destroy all that you think you've accomplished in the hearts and in the minds of my people. That's the promise. That's the picture of the resurrection. So the question to you is this. Do you have that relationship? With God. The one that he killed his son for. Do you have that relationship? Have you believed truly? In everything that we've talked about this morning. Do you you truly believe that? 
If you do, then let me ask you this question. Have you put everything aside so that you can just have that relationship that nothing else matters as long as Jesus Christ is there at the center of your life? Is that the picture of your devotion to this loving God who has given everything for you? If not, if not, you have a chance to reconcile that today. You have a chance to come to him and say, God, I have not. I have not lived sacrificially for you the way you have lived sacrificially for me. And I give my life to you. I ask you, God, to change me from the inside out and change my heart. And make me a new creation. He is creative and he is loving. And he is God. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Lord, for this precious, precious story. God, how you came to the earth in order to have a relationship with us. That that was the picture from the very beginning. That you desperately wanted a relationship with us. Total dependence on you. That we would come to you for everything. But we, Lord, in the flesh that we exist in and our rebellious nature... We chose another way, that we, instead of depending on you, God, we would go and find it for ourselves. And Lord, I pray that people have seen that today, that our hearts, though they have rebelled against you, God, you have continued to love us, even in the midst of that. So much so that you were willing to send your son to walk amongst us, to teach us your ways, to cause us to examine our hearts. And ultimately, to take the punishment that we all deserve. Ultimately, to die the criminal's death that we all should die. God, we all deserve, every person in this place, we all deserve to be beaten in the way your son was beaten. To have the flesh torn from our bodies. God, we all deserve that. But you took that punishment for us instead. And it was because you love us. So, Lord, I pray right now. There's people that don't have that relationship with you. There's people that don't know you. I pray that today they would surrender everything and they would just come to you. God, if there's people in this place that are hurting, and God, maybe just hearing the whole story of your love for us has drawn them to you. God, that they have a greater dependence on you this morning as a result of, of your story. God, I pray that they would just come and they would just feel like they can just fall into your arms. That loving relationship that you so desire with us, God, I pray that we would express that dependence on you. Prayer is nothing more than us expressing with our mouths our dependence on you. God, it's an overflow of our hearts. And maybe some people today need to just come and let their hearts overflow today and express their dependence on you for everything. There may be hurting people in this place, people that are suffering from illness or disease. God, I pray that today you have given them hope. That today you have shown them that you have victory over death and disease and sin. And because of that, through the person of Jesus Christ, we have hope. And we have hope in you and in you alone, which is our dependence. So God, be glorified now as we express our dependence on you. In whatever way that may be, for the people in this room, God, I pray that we fall down at the foot of your cross and say, God, we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would everyone stand?